Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 33 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of that show. And then after we've watched that episode of that show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm a little confused why you uh, changed up our script there dave i'm just trying to i've said it before i will say it again i'm trying to keep it fresh also my computer screen is very small and a little far away from me and i might need new glasses i man i just feel like you ought to have it memorized at this point uh no i do i do have it memorized i just wanted to i just wanted to make it a little loose uh anyways no i'm doing well i finally summer is coming to an end matt and you know because i shaved off i didn't shave i cut off I cut off the last of my mohawk. Uh, you evened it's, it out. Now I'm just, yeah. Well, yeah. So what happens is like, at, at first you just have a mohawk and the size of your head are shaved, right? And then for a little while, you're letting the sides grow in and you're just sort of taking the top off of the mohawk, mm-hmm. right? So you're letting the bottom catch up and then eventually the bottom gets long enough and then you just go top down. And so now I just have kind of a shortish buzz cut. I normally keep my hair a little bit longer than this, but you know. Uh, well, but well, summer's, you know, coming, summer's coming to an end, man. The changing of the seasons. <laughs> you can tell by this one dude's hair. The leaves uh, yeah. start to change, the hair evens out. Yeah, so that's it. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to go back to school. Nice, nice. Um, well, and, Dave. I, in a way, yeah. Hey. <laughs> you're, you're diving back in. Uh, and you know what? We're also diving back in today. We're diving into episode 33 of Cherokee Sunday Ranger Dave, 33, that's how old I am today, this week, I know. While, while we're recording this episode, but next week, when we record the episode, episode 34, that will be my age. Yeah, well, your birthday is this week. You know, Matt, 34 is a fun age. I enjoyed 34. I look back on it fondly. Let me say, I am much more excited for next year's your birthday. That was a bad way to say that. I'm excited for when you turn 35. Oh, because we're going to finally open that bottle of wine. We're going to finally open this bottle of wine. When Matt turned 30, this might be on the podcast if you go back far enough. When Matt turned 30, I got him a very nice bottle of wine. And the guy at the store said, listen, this is a very nice bottle of wine. But if you want it to be really good, you need to put it on a shelf for like five years. And so we have done that. Yeah, and it has so been when Matt, sitting in your house. Yeah. It has, it has offered, moved house with you. It Yeah, it has, because you never take it with you, which is a little bit weird. And now at this point, I feel like it would be weird if you did take it. Yeah, I, I want to keep not, it away from me. Because if I have yeah. it in my apartment, eventually I might open it up. But if it's at your house, it's like it's separated, you know, like it's away it, from yeah, me. Yeah, no, it, it is. The only thing I don't love about that is that like now I'm responsible for this very, very expensive <laughs> bottle of wine that is yours. Uh, yeah, so like at this point, I don't know how much it would cost, but it was like fairly expensive when I bought it, and that was a couple of years ago. So anyways, I am very excited. This will, hands down, be the most expensive wine I've ever drank. I'm not like a uh, wine guy. I feel like this wine will actually, like by the time we drink it, it will be too good for me. 
Like, I won't realize what I'm drinking, if that makes sense. Or maybe, Dave, maybe this is the secret formula that will turn you into a wine guy. No, I mean, like, I like wine. Don't, like, I will drink wine. Don't get me wrong. But I guess I never drink, like, I'm, here's the thing. I'm always afraid to buy expensive wine because, like, I don't think I will get it. And then I'll just be like, well, I just spent, like, you know, $30 on a glass of wine or something. And I, I couldn't tell the difference. And now I'm out 30 bucks. But now this has already spent money, so maybe this will be it. This will turn me into a, now. I'll, I'll finally understand why people buy expensive wine. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so. hopefully we we will uh, check back out we'll on you this know next year in <laughs> one mean, year, yeah, a year from now, <laughs> near the end of Car Ranger, you will find this out. Oh, we're doing Car Ranger next year, guys. I, we've probably already announced that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we mentioned. I that. mean, um, it is the next just, series. It's the next one. So, um, oh. I was going to start talking about Car Ranger, Dave, but we've got a whole year to do that. But we've got to talk about O-Ranger first. But before we even get to O-Ranger, we've got a whole order of operations here, Dave. Before we talk about O-Ranger today, as always, of course, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What, Dave, is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is like a low-key apology because I don't really have any stars this week. Here's the deal. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's fun and exciting, right? No, this is just like, here's some insight into my universe. The babies have been very, uh, they've been having very rough bedtimes recently, which is like, they are right at the right age for it. Like, it's a known thing. Like, babies hit around this age and like, all of a sudden they have really terrible bedtimes for like, yeah. eh, like four to six weeks or something. But what that does mean is that the scant, like, hour and a half two hours i usually have in the evening to like i don't know watch some tv or a movie or like read a book or anything has been basically absorbed so (laughs) like i just have like all we've been doing is like we watch the babies and then during nap time, we, like, try to get some stuff done around the house. And then either Beth takes the babies or I do. And the other one, like, tries to get something done around the house or naps or something. And then we try to put them to bed. And then we fail. And then we keep trying to put them to bed. And eventually they go to bed. And then I'm exhausted. And then I go to bed. And that's basically my universe right now. So, <laughs> so like, I've been, like, I don't know. I reread a Terry Pratchett book in like fits and starts while in the bathroom because it's like the only place that I have any peace. Sure, uh, sure. And that was great because Terry Pratchett's great. But aside from that, like I've got basically, I've got basically nothing. Um, well, so that's I hope fine. you did some fun and cool stuff this week. Sure. What Matt is our <laughs> listen? I love these babies. They're wonderful, and I'm glad that they are here. And that is a mantra that I repeat to myself between like one and two in the morning, just reminding myself that it's true. Uh, anyways, Matt, what is our? <laughs> but it is. It is true. Don't get like oh, it is sure. true. Definitely, it's just there are hours that, like you need to remind yourself that it's true. Uh, anyways, Matt, what is our second star of the week? Dave, second star of the week is I shaved my beard off. Yeah. Uh, it, it has so have you been... started growing it back yet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, good. listen, the, the, the nice thing about shaving your beard off is that if you really think about it, the moment after you stop shaving your beard, you have already started regrowing your beard. Oh, that's uh, a very, uh, that's a very that, philosophical way to 
Look at that thing. Uh, and that is the mantra that I've been repeating to myself for the last week while my face has looked unrecognizable. It is super weird. Like, you are my brother, and I know you very well. And I, I, like, I look at your face pretty frequently. Sure. I mean, the thing, I mean, for the first two-thirds of my life, I didn't have a beard. It's well, just that's... for the last 10 or 11 years. I mean, listeners, I have not shaved my... The last time I shaved my beard was uh, October of 2007 when I was a groomsman in our friend Eric's wedding um, because the beard was pretty new to me at that point and I felt like, well, this is a formal event and formal events don't want, like, me having a beard. And so I shaved it off and then that was the last time I ever shaved it because at the time, I was working opening shifts at Starbucks and so I had to wake up at four in the morning and I did not trust myself with a razor at four in the morning and then it just kind of rolled from there and i haven't i I have not shaved in like 10 and a half years yeah Um, no it is like i said because it's weird like i know what you look like without a beard but i'm like i'm very unaccustomed to seeing it and also like the last time i saw you without a beard you were 10 years younger yeah so listen it's like a very strange time war because like okay listen if you have a beard like, it covers part of your face, right? Yeah. And so you don't... Like, there are things about your face that, like, you don't necessarily notice because they're covered in beard. And so when you shaved, it was very strange because, like, my, my mental reference point of view without a beard is, like, you in your early 20s. And now you're in your early 30s. And it was like... uh, Like, you just snapped back very quickly... Like, you just aged 10 years, like, basically overnight in a, in a strange sort of way. Yeah, it's a, real, uh, it's a real weird thing because you, you've seen some pictures of it, but you have not had to see it in the mirror every time you walk past, like, a reflective surface. Yeah. And, like, listen, it's been a week by, it's been almost a week now. And, like, it's not that I forget that I've shaved. I know that I've shaved because the breeze is hitting my face in a very weird way. Uh, and when I shower in the morning, the water doesn't get trapped in it. And that mm. whole experience, like, you forget how different that experience is, but it's very different. Yeah, well, okay, this is one nice thing about you having shaved your beard. Is that, because I also haven't shaved in uh, eight years or something like that. That mm-hmm. sounds about right. Um, one of the nice things about you having shaved your beard is that everyone's, like, I think everybody who has a beard periodically thinks to themselves, like, I just shave this off. Oh, the, see what's, go- the see what's going on underneath in. here. The yeah. thoughts do creep in. So what's really nice is that since you've done it, uh, it's really helped me banish those thoughts. Yeah. yeah, you look at that, you're like, oh no, I do not. Yeah, like, like oh no, I that. should definitely. No, nope, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and leave that beard right where it is. There's <laughs> another way to this. Is that, uh, <laughs> or let it cling to me? I don't know. Uh, I have noticed that when you shaved, the resemblance between you and our sister, I think, that I had never sort of noticed before. Yeah, I, I did notice that the last time I shaved. Here's the other thing I noticed, is that as the beard is growing back in, you know, of course, there's a stubble period. Yeah, it's supposed um, to be really itchy. Isn't that like a thing, right? Uh, I mean, it hasn't been yet. I mean, I, I did not, like, do, like, a super close, like, against the grain shave or anything. So mm. it hasn't had to grow back through that. The thing that I've noticed is, Okay, if you've got stubble, and every every guy who's ever grown out a bit of stubble has always had this thought. You think, man, what if I look super cool and rugged with this stubble? 
Like, what if this is a great look for me? Like, I grow a little bit of stubble, and it's like, oh, man, look at that cool guy. I bet he's got a motorcycle. Matt, I know you real well. I'm going to go, like, I feel like I can disabuse you of that of that idea right now. Okay, here's the thing. The other option that you've got is sweaty Richard Nixon stubble. <laughs> And unfortunately... Matt, I love you. I know the phrase is like, I love you like a brother. You are, in fact, my brother. I feel like you're going to... I feel like you're going to trend Nixon oh, on that man. one. Oh, boy, Dave. I got the Nixons bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not as bad now that I've had a couple of days with it. And I, like now I've been able to shave my neck. And like you can see a difference between my face and my neck. Oh, so because, okay. So now you just have a short beard. Now yeah, you're well, good. Yeah. Now Ish. I have like an embarrassingly short beard, but like there is something there. But for like not day one, but days like three and four was just like that was boy. Like <laughs> you, you you gotta wonder if part of the him going south was just trying to find something to distract people from that terrible stubble. Because I was having some real sneaky thoughts to get around <laughs> showing my face to people for a couple of days. Well, Matt, okay. So, Matt, we have spent uh, just an astonishing amount of time talking about your facial hair. Okay. Um, what is our third star of the week? Got a short one. Dave went for a walk the other day. This is a walk update. Walk update. Okay, thank you for telling me there was an update. Because I was like, you do go on walks periodically. That's not really a star. Go on walks all the time. Um, I was going for a walk the other day, Dave, in my sort of neighborhood. And have I ever told you about the weird missing house lot? It Like Scooby-Doo, like the mystery of the... No. Okay, it does kind of have a Scooby-Doo vibe. There is a lot near where I live where there are houses on the street, and of course every house has a driveway leading up to the house. And there's this yeah. one there's this one lot leading up to where there ought to be a house, and it's just an empty space between two houses, and there is a driveway that leads up to where there should be a house, and at the end of that driveway, there are like two trees like planted on either side of the end of that driveway and like a little uh like a lamppost that I don't think is plugged into anything and okay. then there's and then there's no house like I know there used to be there must have been a house there at some point man I'm gonna be real it sounds like you've got yourself a Narnia situation okay I boy do I wish I had a Narnia situation I've been now listen it's been... no go ahead no I'm just gonna say like obviously this is not a uh like an all-the-time Narnia. This is like, you would have to be there on, like, you know, a particular day. Well, sure. And I mean, like you, can't, on a, you, you can't know, get, like... You can't get there the same way twice. That's one right, thing Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it is like, it's an empty lot where there clearly should be a house, and I do feel like it, when the moon is shining properly, there ought to be, like, a house there. So that's... That's the background. Oh, for so this. Me, okay, got it. Maybe the house is there all the time, and you can just only that would also be very good. Sure, you, you can might only also enter it Matt, on certain days. Yeah, you might also be in like a mage sanctum fairy circle situation. Anything is possible, really. You hey, man, you if, set up a real doozy here. If you think that I haven't gone through the full ringer of like thoughts as to what this lot could be, 
Because um, the thing is, the lot is not for sale. Like, usually when I pass by something like that, if there's an empty lot, there's also a sign that says, like, hey, would you like to build a house here? Go right ahead. Like, you could do, you could do that. <laughs> you could start tomorrow. <laughs> Give me half a million dollars and you can start building a house here. It's a it's a fancy neighborhood. It would be an Man, expensive I lot. Lo- dude, I love when you just run into... To we like unsurprisingly, right? That this is a thing that I love. Uh, but I love when you run into like weird, just like weird quasi mystical stuff like that. You're like, mm, it's probably there's probably like a totally reasonable explanation for this, but maybe there isn't. But maybe there isn't, and that would be super exciting. The only, the weird thing that I saw at this lot recently, which is why I wanted to tell you about it, is that I was passing by it the other day, and there were two volleyball nets. That were like crisscrossed into an X shape, but there was no one there playing a game in this okay, weird no, man, configuration. That's not, that's not okay. That's not. <laughs> who does that? And also, at the same time, I looked across the street, and there were a couple of children who had set up a disc golf, like you know, the thing with like the chains and the basket underneath. So like, you throw the frisbee, and yeah, like it hits yeah. the chains, and it sort of gets caught in there, and it falls down to the basket. These children had set this thing up, but they were throwing the frisbees vertically underhand towards it like like a like an underhand softball pitch but with a frisbee towards a disc golf thing did you did you look at them more than once had they like changed the second time you look at them were they still there no were they like there the first time and then not and then back I, I did realize, I looked at them, and I thought, they're playing this wrong. Someone should tell them. And then I thought, no, no one should interact with these children. Uh, this is its own thing, and I need to look away and keep walking. And also, the next day when I took a walk down this that same street, the, volley, the crisscrossed volleyball nets were gone. So that was my weird walk week. Dude, Matt, okay, Matt, d- nobody, nobody I know ever ran into as much weird stuff like that as our late buddy Stefan. That uh, is true. Dude, Stefan, may he rest in peace. Like, had, did he ever tell you about this sweater? Did dude, you ever he, hear about this? Stefan told me about all sorts of nonsense stuff he ran into. Okay, no, listen. Like, he just had this... He called me just about the sweater. He's like, Dave, I've got this sweater. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And he said, no, man, you don't understand. I'm doing a little bit of a Stefan impersonation here. He's like, no, man. Uh, you don't understand. I got this sweater at a uh, at like a thrift shop, right? I was like, okay. And he said, and I've I've only worn it twice, and each time I've worn it, something weird has happened. Like a cat followed me from a graveyard for like two miles. Oh no, I he definitely around, did tell me this story. I remember the graveyard. I was cat. like, what are you? T-? Yeah, like a graveyard cat just followed him for like again for like miles. Now, Stefan had cystic fibrosis, and he ate a lot of canned sardines. So <laughs> maybe there was something there. But anyways, he's like, I don't know what to do with this sweater, man. And I was like, I just, st- what do you mean? He's like, I don't know if I should wear it again, or I, like if I should get rid of it. And I said, listen, Stefan, uh, you can wear that sweater one more time. So like a third time. And then you need to get rid of it. Sure. Like, you cannot wear That's, this sweater a fourth time. Yeah. That was the only piece of advice that. I gave him. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, what a guy. Um, <laughs> Matt, what 
is our fourth star of the week. Uh, our fourth star of the week, Dave, is a little less uh, weird, uh, but it is a thing I did. Uh, I went go-karting this last week. No kidding. Uh, this, by the way, this is a, for everyone keeping track, this is a hashtag fun office um, sort of uh, event. Oh, hey, Matt, just a second. I, uh, I have acquired a, I have acquired a baby. Oh. Hi, sweetheart. Yeah. Hello, baby. Yeah. Say hi. She's waving. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you can't just wave at a microphone, sweetheart. Yeah. You say hi, Uncle Matt. Nothing. Okay, Nothing? Matt. Okay. So, uh, no, hashtag fun office. I, I understand. I just shaved my beard so she can't oh, there hear she me is. properly. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give kisses? Yeah, she kissed the microphone, Matt. Okay. Uh, anyways. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, girl. I, I will see you later. Um, where was I, Dave? Go-karting. I went go-karting. go-karting. Hashtag fun office. Yes, I went go-karting. And it was not just go-karting, Dave. It was pro- it was pro-karting. Pro- uh, is there a... Like, are you just better at it now? Is there more no, expensive? Dave, pro-karting just means it's way faster and you feel kind of in danger the entire time. <laughs> You know, I've actually never been go-karting, if you can believe that. I mean, did you never go to, like, swings and things when we were a kid? No, I did. I just never did. I don't know. I just never did go-karts. Oh, uh, go-karts are rad. Yeah, no, they always looked rad. I just, I don't know. Uh, I would do go-karts, and then I got a driver's license, and I was like, well, this is kind of... And then I just sort of never did it. (laughs) Well, the thing, Dave, is that when you do go-karts, you can be like, okay, I played a lot of Mario Kart, and I really hoped... That me playing Mario Kart was going to translate into some sort of like latent go karting skill. Uh, it did not. I oh. understood the concept feel... of drifting, but like the problem is I'm... when you're actually drifting and not Mario Kart drifting, you don't get like a cool boost at the end of the drift. You just kind of skid. Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's a good reminder because I often feel that way. Like, oh, I've done this blank thing like a bunch of times. But not really, like I've done it in a video game, or I've, or or better yet, I've watched a lot of other people do it. Yeah, it's the same way that, you know how you've, like, I've never been in a fight, but I feel like I could probably fight two people at the same time and win. Like, yeah, just, which is madness. Just because I've watched a lot of movies, I'm like, I understand the mechanics of this. That was go-karting. <laughs> <laughs> go-karting was very fun, but I learned no more about go-karting through, like, actual Mario Kart than I did about, like, plumbing from p- playing Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> uh, well, again, that's a fun. very... I think that's a good life reminder for the rest of us, Matt. Uh, anyway, Dave, what, we've probably been going for a while. What is our fifth star of the week? So, fifth star of the week, I'll actually make this kind of quick. Uh, I am working, Matt, on a secret side project. A secret side Sentai project? It It, it is actually... Yes, it is Sentai-related. And as a uh, sort of precursor to this side project, I have been constructing a spreadsheet. I like spreadsheets. Sure. Not as much as like, not as people, as much as people who like do spreadsheets professionally, but for an English teacher, I I like spreadsheets a lot. So what is, what is on the spreadsheet, Dave? So basically I thought that I would go through uh, every single season of Super Sentai and just kind of get all of like the core information. And so like for example, 
there are semi-official. It's okay. First of all, there is like a uh, like a card game or something like a Super Sentai CCG or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, in Japan, yeah. And so there are four categories of Sentai, and they are Wild Beast, Mystic Arms, Earth Tech, and Alien Tech. And basically, like every Sentai show falls into one of those four categories. Okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's it, At some point, Dave, I was working on a very similar thing with no real end to the project. Like, there was not an idea. I just mm-hmm. wanted to, like, figure this stuff out and categorize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had worked out a... Um, uh, what, what? It was like a... It was some sort of, like, thought map where I was breaking this all down. And, yeah, I, it was... Everything was either... Like, it was either science and technology or magic. Science broke down into ancient, alien, future, or advanced modern. Oh, okay. And then magic was broken down into either a new magic that was created for the show or some sort of, like, cultural or mythological magic from, like, history. Right. You know, so this is the thing that I'm really kind of noticing, like, as I'm going through. Because I'm just kind of grabbing, like, the, the core data about, like about the Rangers mm-hmm. and about the series itself. And it's really interesting, uh, and then I'll, I'll stop talking about it. What's really interesting is that as you are... So basically what's happening is that like, I'm kind of... I'm not watching every season, obviously, but I am like observing the development of Super Sentai in like super time-lapse, like fast motion. Mm-hmm. And you can see like right at the beginning, they're really like... They're just kind of throwing stuff up at a wall to see what sticks. Oh, right? yeah. So the first series is Go Ranger, and it's about spies. And then the second one is J-A-K-Q uh, Dengekitai. Uh, uh, no, it's Jack-Q. Jack-Q. Jack-Q Dengekitai. And that's about, like, playing cards. And then Battle Fever J is, like, dance-powered nationalists. Not, well, like, weird nationalists. No, but, but like, the, 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 the different... Are, like, yeah, national. the different people in Battle Fever J were all from different countries. Battle Fever J was a... Um, co-production of Toei and Marvel Comics. That was yeah, the first yeah, yeah, thing yeah. they did before they did uh, Japanese Spider-Man. Right, and then like Goggle V, which is the sixth series, their whole thing was like ancient civilizations, gems, and rhythmic gymnastics. Hey, man. <laughs> sure. And so like it's, it, no, it's just, it's wild because like you can see they're like, let's, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then so by like uh, series nine, which is Change Man, it was Animals. Like, legendary animals. And then they get, like, aliens, and then martial arts, and then they did animals again. They're like, oh, okay, people dig animals. And then it's martial arts again, and then animals, and then, like, ancient beasts, and then martial arts. And so, like, you can see by, like, 10, 12 years into this, they had kind of baked it down a little bit more into a more into a more formula. And then you see the same things with the rangers. Like, Red is always the, the leader ranger, like, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, but Blue kind of jumps around a lot more, like, at the beginning of the series, and then by, like, season 8, 9, 10, the Blue Ranger has become a little bit more codified. And yeah. and that sort of is true of the rest of the Rangers. It's just a cool, interesting, it's just, a, it's neat to observe. Um, so anyways, more updates about that, uh, about that secret sign project as events warrant. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I can just can hear, you hear her. her in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's okay. There are uh, babies in my house. Come here, sweetheart. 
Uh, anyway, uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 33, uh, 33, 30, man, I, I am very distracted right now. 33 of Cherokee Sentai Ranger, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode thirty-three of Cherokee Sentai Ranger. Dave, that well, was well. That's not true. That, that was that was a fun twenty minutes, right? It was. It was. Well, it was a fun like twenty minutes followed by like a day and a half. Sorry, we're late, guys. Uh, I thought we would get in under the wire, but remember that first star? Yeah, that one hit in force, and we were not able to finish recording because my babies were up till midnight. But we're doing it now. Okay, um, and boy, Dave, am I glad that we are doing it now, because remember how last week we were kind of down on the show? Yeah, I mean, to listen, deservedly so. That episode was very, again, as an episode of television, it was good. It was just a horrifying monster, and I hate him. Yes, uh, but this week, this week turned that stuff around. Yeah, it's a very, very good episode. Um, so we start in a volcano which is uh, just a great place to start. And I, okay, listen, Matt, I don't know. I'm surely not the only person who feels this way because Beth and I have spoken about it. Uh, I feel like it's a great injustice that you cannot eat uh, magma. I feel like like lava looks I mean, like listen, you delicious. Can. <laughs> you could, like once. Um, I just think it looks like candy a little bit. I mean, it, it does look... It, I, I had a very similar experience when... And I think we actually talked about this uh, when I did that uh, glass blowing workshop. Yes, glass also looks like candy. And you should be able to eat it, but you would die. Um, and that's not fair. I Like, I want to eat that delicious forbidden nature candy. Um, but it starts in a volcano. Yeah. Oh, Dave, can I, can I say something before we start? About volcanoes? No, no, not about volcanoes. About this episode. Uh, I guess, yeah. That's okay. literally the thing. That, yeah, that's what we do. Okay, well, I'm, so, yes, I'm, not, you can do I'm not talking about what's happening in the volcano. I'm talking about uh, the creation of the episode. I oh, oh wa- yeah, okay. I want, meta to, information. I want to, as we do this, start to actually say who wrote the individual episodes. Because that information is all, like, on Ranger Wiki, right? Yeah. And I feel like if I got an idea, if I could, like, get in my head who these different writers are, I would, you know, because every time it's come up in the past that we know who wrote it, um, like, I can sort of, like, build a mental profile of that person and get some sort of an expectation. And I think it would be interesting to do. I keep meaning to do it, and then I keep forgetting. So I'm saying it now to sort of, like, make myself do it. This episode is written by Hirohisa Soto, or Soda. Okay, uh, well, who, that person a, is great. He is a longtime tokusatsu writer. Uh, apparently, cool. he started with Go Ranger and ended with Car Ranger. Wow. Um, and That's, so, yeah, long time. Not kidding, long time. That is an extensive <laughs> career. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, this is a great time to trot out my one fun fact about volcanoes. This is, I only know one fun thing about volcanoes. Here it is. Uh, so volcanoes, of course, are named for the Roman god of the forge and fire, Vulcan, right? Sure. Uh, and they are called volcanoes basically everywhere except Greece. Where they're called where they're Hephaestos. Hephaestoi. Yeah, they're called Hephaestoi. That's very uh, good. And I remember finding that out, and I really liked it. And so I tell everybody. So here's the deal. They're in this volcano. Uh, by they, I mean Paranoia. Yes. They're in this volcano. Uh, Bacchus Wrath is there. 
and who's there with him. Like Hysteria is there and Boltount is there. Yeah. Um, and Octa and, and Kocha. And it, it, it's what you're about to say is led into by a very cool shot because we see Bacchus Wrath. And then next to Bacchus Wrath, we sort of see, um, like, he's standing next to a wall, and we're seeing this procession of shadows across this wall. And yeah, then the camera pulls some... back, and we see who is casting those shadows. And it's a bunch of monsters that the Rangers have already defeated. Yeah, so it's, we, it's, it's mostly like Barra the... Drill, Barra Saucer, Barra Vanish, Barra Ivy, who I remember really liking. Uh, Barra um, Dart. Barra Dart. Like, all of these monsters that the Rangers already beat, they have been, I don't know, salvaged? I, I, but, like, they're there. Yeah, uh, they have been I, reconstructed. Um, yeah. what, I, what I do like is that these are mostly, it's kind of like the first four or five monsters. Um, except, yeah, it's nobody super recent. Except in the group of those first, like, you know, because I think there's about eight monsters that get shown throughout the course of this episode. Five of them are mostly focused on, but mm-hmm. one who is not there is Barra Cactus. Yes, I really dig that they didn't bring him back because it makes a ton of sense. Because yeah, of course they wouldn't bring him back. Oh man, Barra Cactus, yeah. what a guy! Like I um, wish they would because Barra Cactus ruled, but like Bacchus Rath doesn't want Barra Cactus. He destroyed right. him and his brother for their like for the great crime of them having the capacity for love. Oh my gosh, Bacchus Rath, you're such a good villain. So um, Bulldog says. What is, like, what's going on? Why are we here? Also, like, so obviously they set that up for the thing, like, because we're watching the show. But I really like the, <laughs> the fiction that Bacchus Rath has set all this up. He has dragged them down here and refused to tell them why, like, until this moment. Like, they're just sitting around in this volcano. Bacchus Rath is stoked. He's got an amazing plan. And only now is he willing to reveal to them what the deal is. Yeah, because and what the Bulldog, deal is. Bulldog's looking at these guys like, these are the ones that they already beat. Why are you bothering? Like, why are we here? And so what he says is, listen, I have rebuilt them using magma power. Uh, yes. He does not explain what that means, except well, that con- they they take a shower. A magma magma. shower. <laughs> he's constructed a magma shower, and somehow... Putting them into this magma shower will turn them into super machine beasts. Okay, Dave, I do have a headcanon for this. Oh, please share it with me because it makes, like, if any, I think what it would actually turn them into is melted machine beasts. Okay, here's the thing, though. Um, I think that what he is doing is that he has gone into, like, the earth and is squeezing, like, bootleg, moonshined, Chorky energy out of the magma. Okay. All right. Chorky you know what? As soon as you started to say it, I yeah. put it together. No, I do dig that. All right. That makes sense to me. I like it. Uh, he does talk about himself, Bacchus Wrath. He's like, I, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of losing. I don't know what the word defeat means, which is ridiculous because he's using it in a sentence correctly. So you obviously do know what it means. Um, and he does refer to himself as omnipotent. He's and like, omniscient. my omnipotent power and omniscient. My omniscient, omnipotent power will not be denied, which I don't think you know what those words mean, Bacchus Wrath. I mean, in the I think in the first episode, he does say like, I will kill all of these humans because I am like unto a god. Oh, yeah, that is really weird. Uh, okay, so anyways, <laughs> but I, yeah, but he clearly doesn't know what it means because if you're omnipotent, you would have already 
they would already be dead. Anyways. He, he um, also says that he's using all of his omnipotent power on this. Uh, and that's just a bad... That is a bad understanding. Bad that's not a thing you can do. It's a bad uh, understanding okay. of either the word omnipotent or the word all. <laughs> so, um, um, so, like, they go through this magma shower and Bacchus Wrath sends them out to just, like, attack. Like, he... It, there doesn't seem to be like a real intense plan other than go into the world and just crush a bunch of buildings. Well, now, Dave, uh, now say, something I do dig. You say there's not is, a great plan. He does say that this is both his final and his greatest plan. Well, I mean, sending out giant robots with bootleg Churiki is a good plan, but like, yeah. there's not like a, you know, like a lot of the times there's a, there's more, there's more nuance to it. Let's say that. Yeah. Although um, what I what I do like about this is that he doesn't just say it's his greatest plan. He says this is my final plan. Like we're on episode thirty three, but Bacchus Wrath thinks that there are only thirty three episodes in O Ranger. Like he is acting as though this is the last thing he's going to do, it. and he says like my pride will not allow any more failures. Like this is it. I'm putting it all on the line for this one thing. You know what would be super great is if this was his final plan and then we just switched villains mid-season. Like we came back and it was just somebody completely different starting in episode 34. Uh, my um, dude, I have not watched ahead, but do you know what the name of next week's episode is? No, I don't. Uh, the name of next week's episode, and like I said, I have not watched it yet, but episode 34 is called The Emperor's Final Challenge. Hmm. Here's hoping. So, that would be really funny. Yeah. That would be pretty wild. Uh, this is going to be uh, so anyways, a weird couple of weeks, guys. So he sends them out. And something I dig is that they're already giant. Like, they've already been gigantified or whatever by Ancha and Kocha. And so he just recovered their gigantic bodies, which I think probably was a feat. Uh, well, but no, he just recovers their gigantic bodies. And they're just already big. So he's like, yeah, knock, knock yourself out, man. Go crazy. I, I think um, that they were small in the volcano and then Aten Koja had to grow them before they left because some of these are monsters that never got big. Like, oh, Baradrill oh. is out there and this is the first time we've ever seen Baradrill big. Oh, good. Oh, gosh, good point. And actually, it's you know, the, the first time we've ever seen Baradrill fly. Like, he's flying yeah. around as though he is a like a weird spaceship. Yeah, it looks really cool. Well, that is weird because I feel like from the shooting, they were meant to already be large. I don't know. I honestly would believe that they just kind of forgot that they weren't already giant monsters and just and just rolled with it. Um, so anyways, so Baradrill's already powered up. Like they're, he's flying around like face down. It's like his drill is fading down toward the ground. And uh, he dives into the bay. I'm not really sure what he's supposed to do there, but he, he dives into the bay. Well, he crashes then, into a bunch of buildings on the way. Like, his drill, the drill sort of sticks out of his chest if you've forgotten how he is sort of oriented. So he's just flying around with that drill facing straight down and just ramming it into buildings. And then I think the idea is that he is attacking a bridge? You know, he, no, but he doesn't get to the bridge. He just, like, dives down under the water and, like, I don't know. I thought maybe he was supposed to be, like, drilling under the core of the earth to destroy i don't know because they never explain like they never say like we just have a silent shot of bar drill doing the stuff and then he dives into the water and then we don't see him till the later on in the episode but what uh, i what i do like about this and actually i like a lot of the way that this episode is presented bar it, like it's like it is getting on towards night and bar drill is drifting kind of slowly through the city and there's a lot of like smoke around him and he's not saying anything and his eyes are glowing and it's this really sort of spooky like 
when like in the Terminator movies, when they're in like the dark machine future, it kind of has that feel. Yeah, no, that's a really good. Uh, that's a good pull, man. That is very much what it feels like. It's a super cool. It's a super cool thing. Uh, and then what we see is that Bacchus Wrath is like a giant projection, and he addresses the Earth, and he's just like, "So you know, this is it. I my robots are super powered. We're not gonna lose." Like, welcome to the end, pathetic Earthlings. I, Bacchus Wrath, will destroy you. Um, I do, he shouldn't have tipped his hand like that because he tells them exactly, like, what the deal is. He's like, I've got giant robots. They're super magma-powered. It's on. Game over for you guys. Uh, which, <laughs> like, obviously, he shouldn't have told anybody that. Uh, and then we get some shots of... It's it's weird because we're getting like top down shots of what is supposed to be. I eventually figured out like the wreckage of a hospital. Yes, I'm pretty sure is what it's what's going because there's like doctors and people running around, um, and I think it's like Bara Drill has already destroyed this hospital. But like, where else are you going to go? And so yeah. they're just trying to do their best and take care of people in with like the wreckage of this hospital. But it is yeah, um, it is very cool because there's a lot of like. The roof is off of this building, and there's a lot of half-destroyed walls. But So the camera is kind of above the set a little bit. It's sort of moving around. It it really does a good job of conveying the idea that, like, the city is in ruins. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Like, this whole episode, I feel like they really... This is a very good episode. Like, the shots are very cool. There's a lot of, like, really neat atmospheric work. We're actually going to get get to some of that in a minute. Um, but first... What we see is the rangers in their base and they are tracking all of these monsters. And they like they found some of them like we're going to go like we got to go like we got to get in a robo or whatever. And like we have to go fight these monsters as they are running out. Chief comes in. He says, listen, stop. They, of course, are very confused. And he says, listen, we can't be hasty about this. If we just go and fight the monsters, then all that's going to happen is that Bacchus Wrath will like either revive them or he will turn more beasts into super machine beasts. Like, like we have to be strategic about this. I really dig this because I feel like a lot of the time the uh, chief character, you know, like their mentor figure is just there to kind of like move the plot along, right? Like they're there to introduce new elements. Yeah. But I really dig it anytime we see like, no, like the chief is in charge and he's in, he's in charge for a reason because like he gets it and he is considering things on a level that is, he's kind of like on a commander level. Whereas, you know, like the red, like oh red is a field commander, but the chief is like a general. He is, you know, like he's kind of observing this whole situation. And uh, I just really dig it. I like the chief a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, I do love that. That was one of the things I missed in um, through a lot of Kaku Ranger is that yeah. we just didn't have anybody like yeah, that. Yeah, he's just sort of. Uh, so what he says, he's like, listen, we have got to figure out like we got to figure out what they're doing and how we're going to do it is we're going to Trojan horse them like we are going to create a Trojan horse. And, um, well, first we're going to tell the story of this Trojan horse using a series of like map paintings that we're going to like put up on screen here. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a weird. Now what they don't, uh, they don't talk about, (laughs) there's a couple of great things about the story of the Trojan horse. And the best thing about it is there was a Trojan. I don't know if you remember this, Matt, there was a Trojan and he has the famous line. He says like, beware Greeks bearing gifts. And uh, 
And he's like trying to convince the rest of the Trojans. He's like, do not bring this horse into our city. Like, I don't know what's going on with it, but Greeks are very tricky. And like, you cannot trust this gift. Like, this is going to be a problem. And uh, they don't listen to him because Poseidon sends two sea serpents to eat that dude. And, and his the sons. Reason, don't forget that he sons. eats his sons. Yeah. And the reason that he does that is not that because Poseidon like has some great love of Trojan, of Trojan, of Troy, is because that dude like had sex with his wife in in the temple of Poseidon and Poseidon was like personally offended. And so he chose <laughs> that particular moment to have him eaten by sea serpents. And then that's why they, and then the Trojans were like, ah, oh, the gods must be angry with him, which they were, but for like a completely separate reason. So they do bring the horse in. And of course, uh, you probably know the story from there. Anyways. Uh, uh, Dave, that is the, I, I think it's the Lycuan priest. Uh, there, there is yeah, a, uh, that sounds right. There, there is there's a, a super famous statue of it. Yeah, there's a famous statue. It's in the Vatican. It's a dude getting like destroyed by serpents like him and his two sons. Yeah, it's great. It's a very good statue. Um, so anyways, so the next thing we see is uh, we see this open air hospital again and we see these bar soldiers sort of like creeping through. And I, for one, was totally convinced that these were rangers dressed as Barra soldiers. Like, I thought that that was kind of where they were going with this Trojan horse thing. I was I was wrong. That is not the case. Oh, me too. But, In my notes, I have, um, I'm like, oh, it's nighttime and the rangers are like skulking around and I had to go back and scribble out rangers and write in Barra soldiers. Because normally, like, you know, the, the Barra soldiers don't move stealthily. They move right, weirdly. No, it, yeah, and it's it's wild because they do keep moving weirdly, but they are also kind of stealthy, and it's very creepy. It uh, it actually reminds me a lot. Now we mentioned this like very early on in the season, uh, but they kind of brought it back around that they really remind me of like Cybermen, like Doctor Who Cybermen. Yeah, that they are these like weird robots, but they're also very creepy, and they do a lot of stuff with like they're skulking through the shadows, or we're seeing like shadows on the wall, and they're moving silently, and then they kind of jump out all of a. It's a little bit of a jump scare uh, on these doctors and their patients. And they're just like, now what is weird is that this is really why I thought they were rangers because they're hesitant. Like they don't just show up and shoot the doctors. Like they are menacing them with their guns. And I really thought that what it was going to be is that the rangers, they were going to like pull out their helmets and be like, hey, don't worry, it's us. Uh, what instead <laughs> happens is that O-Red just like flying kicks that bar soldier in the head, <laughs> <laughs> which is way better. Um, so yeah, so they like, they're fighting the, the ranger or the rangers, then all the rangers show up and they're fighting the bar soldiers. Very cool fight. Cause it's still shot in that sort of like weird ruins thing. And so they're sort yeah. of like ducking in and around these broken walls and jumping over stuff. It's, it's rad. Yeah, and this is... Okay, so they start talking. Oh, Red, he's like, hey, like, have faith. Like, there will be a gift from God. Oh, Dave, uh, it's... uh, I I wrote this down. When dawn comes, peace will return. And God has a wonderful present for all of those who love peace. Yeah. uh, And I'm like, why are they? Because, like, they have never referenced anything sort of, like, spiritual before. And I'm like, why are they talking about 
Like, why are they, like, what are they talking about? Like, this is really wild. Yeah, like, I thought they were just kind of being generally encouraging, and maybe it was a translation error. Like, no, don't worry, we're going to win this fight. He's like, no, 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 God will give us a present at dawn. Hey, hey, anyone who happens to be listening, when the sun comes up at that moment, wherever I am, me, Goro, the Red Ranger, God will appear to give me a gift. Boy, I hope nobody takes it. This is something that, okay, so this is something that I really dig. And I'm like, why are they kind of phrasing it in this way? This is very strange. And they give us a little explanation, like in an oblique kind of way. This is fantastic. Because then we see, so like obviously the Barra soldiers are hearing this and they like report it back to Vakas Wrath. Yeah, uh, uh, Coach is there actually. Oh yeah, thank you. And they report it back, and he's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, their god is going to help them. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I really dig this. So my, I think the idea is that the Rangers are specifically talking about this in, like, terms of, uh, like, faith and the spiritual realm or whatever. Because they know it won't make any sense to Bacchus Wrath and the rest yeah. of Baranoia. They're like, well, they're like their hardwired machine minds don't have any room for this sort of thing. And man, they don't know. Like, we get yeah, superpowers n- from the Earth. Maybe, like, maybe we can convince them that this is real. Yeah. So I just like it was a very cool little piece of storytelling, and yeah. like I was really impressed. I thought that was a very very cool thing to to throw in there. Um. So, <laughs> so then, then the, the the dawn is coming, and it is time for well, them. Well, that dawn to... has always been the hope of man. Sure, so. uh, this stuff is darkest right before it, is what yeah. I hear. In a metaphorical sense, not in like a in a metaphorical sense. Yeah, that's sense. actually not true. Uh, um, so, anyways, so they go to find their great gift from God. And Dave, do you want to explain this? Yeah, sure. It's like um. Imagine Stonehenge, uh huh. But if the henge was just big old shapes, yeah, stone shape, shape just henge. big old stone shapes. But not. Let me be very clear: not shapes carved out of stone, like big glass, like big technologically like created shapes. But then just sort of like covered in stone yeah embedded in stone so like embedded in stone yeah like they are color coordinated too like you look at them it's like oh that's a that's a red star and it's a blue triangle and a green square that's you know a a pink circle and a yellow sort of two ovals right next to each other pretty pretty familiar stuff by now yeah and so i just like first of all like they had these things ready to go Oh, uh, yeah. And I do, like, so later they do reference, like, thank goodness the Chief have been building these for a long time. And I really, O-Ranger is actually particularly good. And I know I keep mentioning it, but they have been very good about giving us those, like, three seconds worth of explanation that smooths over things that in other seasons just, like, they would not have bothered to reference. And yeah. I, like, it's every bit as good as I want it to be. Like, it's satisfying every time. But, like, yes. Yes, thank you for that, like, one line as to why they had these giant robots ready. The chief had been, like, preparing for this eventuality, and they had already been being built, and now they're ready. Thank goodness. Now, what... Love it. Sadly, what they do not explain is how suddenly the O-Rangers all have the super ability to burrow. Oh, yeah, that was a little... <laughs> that one kind of came out of the blue. Okay, so what uh, happens is... Because they don't even, like, they don't get into a vehicle... 
Goro just sort of, and then the rest of them do, I assume. He just sort of like from, he goes, it's like a cartoon. He's standing on the ground and he just sort of hops up and then swan dives into the ground and then he burrows. Yeah. It's a very, very Bugs Bunny moment. So what happens is they all arrive where these big, at at Shapenge. Uh, the sun is coming up, and the Baranoia Empire arrives. And is like, ah, we don't know what these are, but we're going to take them. As this Which is, they do. As this is happening, um, as we mentioned it a moment ago, all of the rangers dive into the earth and burrow with super speed to get to like the under part of these rocks. And presumably there is a hatch down there that they could get into, unless they just burrow straight into it. Which, I don't no, know, well, at I this point is totally is possible. That- they burrow, like, right as they get blasted. So I think the idea is that they have convinced the paranoia that they got exploded when, in actuality, they burrowed away. And then they're, they're in their robots now. So um, they take the, the paranoia, they take the robots, and they bring them down to the volcano, like, where they are. Great idea yeah. for them, I guess. Like, I, I don't they know They got to get them out of the hands of the humans. This is God's yeah. gift that's going to save them. And then they're just like, this is dumb. They're just rocks. Which, like, they're clearly not rocks, guys. They have giant, they're like giant, shapey, color-coordinated rocks. Like, if they were just giant boulders, that would be one thing. Um, So, but they're like, let's destroy them. So they blast the rocks. Now, what they don't explain, however, because they did say, like, oh, the chief has been building these robots forever. Or they will say it later. Uh, What they do not explain is how they encase them in stone. Hey, man. Because that's a whole different thing. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, so the robots like blast them and uh, with the intent to destroy them, they do not destroy them. All they do is they blast the stone off and they turn into giant robots. Now, these giant robots are kind of great and kind of hilarious. Yeah, that's a very good way to say it. Um, So they're just like they're humanoid robots. And they're and, like, but, like their torsos are just the shape that we had previously yes. mentioned. So, like, some of them work pretty well. The I red one looks awesome. The red one looks, well, okay. It looks kind of awesome. Its head is also, like, a big pointy thing, which is a little silly looking. Well, the head I is the think, top uh, point of the star. Yeah, no, I, I get it, Matt. I'm just, it looks a little bit silly. Well, I think I mean, okay. Yuji comes off best here. Yuji is the person who, because his is, like, an upside-down triangle, and mm-hmm. so his, his robot just looks, like, super yoked. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like Momo is the worst off because her her symbol is like a big old circle. And so her robot is just like a, a round fun boy. Yeah. Or fun lady. Uh, <laughs> um, but when they when these robots get into action, I really like it. Like yeah. these things. So the idea is that all of these things are about the size of a Ranger Robo. And the chief had for some time been considering the fact that in the same way that... Uh, um, Goro has Red Puncher, like, everyone should kind of have their own humanoid fighting robot. So he's been building, like, a suite of them. Yes. Oh, man. I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Um, I did discover... So, Mo, I Okay, I don't know exactly what the translation is, but as I was doing my chart, that I my spreadsheet, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of the Pink Rangers have the word Momo, like, in their name. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I think if anybody like knows the Japanese, because I tried it in Google Translate, which is about as good as I get, uh, and it it didn't come up with anything satisfactory. But my assumption is that Momo, like the word Momo, must have a connection to the color pink 
somehow because like a lot of characters have Momo in their name. Oh, I wonder and if that's Momo the case. is just Momo. Um, it's I mean it's gotta be like it it can't be a coincidence. It's so frequent. The first um, couple anyways, of years, the Pink Ranger was always named something like Karen. Like it was very strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they do actually, and they anyways. We don't we don't need to get into that. Um. So yeah, but they do a lot of really good fighting. Like this is, I think, probably the best giant robot scene we've we've gotten in this entire series. Um, yeah, cool. Because they all just, get a chance to shine. Yeah, uh, it is. So <laughs> this is great. So they like they fight a little bit in the volcano, and then they all burst out, and then the rangers all line up with their robots, and they're like. Red blocker, green block. I thought they were going to be like red something, but they're all just blocker, like color blocker. Um, they all line up, and then the monsters all line up, and they face off for a second, and then the rangers just all pull out mecha-sized energy cannons and just shoot them. Yeah, I mean, this starts a fight. That's not the whole thing. Oh, I do also no, love no, no, when, yeah. when they're exp- getting announced individually. There's like a Chiron that comes up on the screen, and it says, like, it says it in English. And then in Japanese, like, this is Green Blocker. It's very fun. Yeah, um, it, it was just a great moment. Very sort of like Indiana Jones versus the Swordsman. Like, they're all mm-hmm. gearing up and then they just shoot them. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, the two elements of the fight that I thought were really cool are um, Red Blocker versus Bear Missler. And mm-hmm. it becomes a dogfight. Like, they're flying and fighting. And they eventually make it up into space. Yeah. And all sorts of crazy stuff is happening there. Um, and then uh, Green Blocker, yeah, yeah, and then Green Blocker and versus uh, Barra Drill, they're underwater, and how they did that was very cool. They had like a color, like a color mask lens or something, and then they were shooting it through, clearly through, like an aquarium or something, because you're seeing like bubbles come up, and they just sort of have everyone moving in kind of slow motion, and it really like. It's a good piece of practical effects work. It really sells the idea that they are underwater. Um, I, it was just a really cool fight. Yeah, if you if you don't usually watch this show, um, you should like hop on Shout Factory TV's website and check this one out just to see like the cool camera stuff they're doing. Yeah, like you can like you can watch the whole episode. You really, if you want, just want to catch this part. Obviously, just jump to the end. But the whole episode is worth watching. Um, so then we see, so like they're fighting, they're fighting underwater. We just shoot back to uh, Red Blocker and Bar Missler again. Now they're in space. And <laughs> we don't see this from anybody else, but we do find out that Red Blocker has a giant star riser. Yeah, he just pulls out this like crazy giant sword uh, that is identical to the tiny cool sword. Um, oh, and the reason he does that is because Bara Missler shoots like a hundred missiles at him, and so he pulls oh, yeah. out Star Riser, and it's just like flying towards Bara Missler while using this sword to knock all of the missiles out of the way, and then he really gets to him, he stabs him with the sword. It's you guys, I like O Ranger. Yeah, this is a very very good show. Um, so I mean, but that's basically it. Like they, I, I think. Once we see Red Blocker defeat Bar Missler, it's sort of assumed that like the rest of the Rangers have, always, have also been successful because we don't get a, a finishing shot to their fight. Because um, the next thing we see is they're just back in the base. Yeah, like the Rangers are back in the base, and they say, 
that was great. We'll keep working together in the future. And the chief says, good, which is a weird lie to me because it indicates that that was somehow maybe like in <laughs> doubt. <laughs> like, was the team about to break up and now you're good again? Um, now, Dave, we, but they, we, do, we do get a stinger on the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, because as they, earlier, when they were all flying out of the base, like, they kind of collapsed the volcano because um, they flew through the ceiling. And so Bara, not Bara, uh, Bacchus Wrath didn't get, like, buried in the rubble, but I think we're meant to assume that he got, like, trapped down there. Yeah, um, And he is just shouting death threats, like, you've not seen the last of me, like, I'll be, like, I shall return to destroy you. And I think that that is leading into next week's, I mean, obviously it's leading into next week's episode, that's the episode that comes next. But, like, that yeah. is that is sort of a cliffhanger. Like, I don't know if the O-Rangers know that it's a cliffhanger, but Bacchus Wrath knows that it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, he just found so out that this show is going it's... to at least episode 34. <laughs> um, yeah, so then that really is, uh, that's it for for this episode. Um, and yes, we Dave. don't have anyone to put on the Creature Royale this week. Oh, yeah, I guess we don't. Because it was just all of the, I mean, now I guess we can't rate like the concept of super machine beasts. Right, yeah, no, I heard in your voice that you were about to be like, but it's not the end of our episode, but it, it kind of is. We don't have any new monsters this week. Yeah, I don't know, you want to talk about anything else? We kind of talked about how much we liked this episode already. I would say, it's a very, very good episode, but... Uh, Do I have anything in my like notes I that I missed? I have to say about it. Da, 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 blue kills saucer in the air and it rules. That was one of my notes that I forgot to mention. Mm, that was very good. Yeah, yeah, he was like wrapped up in tentacles. Uh, it was very cool. Um, no, no, I think that's it. Yeah, anyway, this show rules. Check it out. Um, that, and that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O Ranger. Before we finish up here, I would like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That's what's going to help people find the show or wherever it is that you find the show. Do we're that. We're on Google now. Oh yeah, we're on that we're on that Google Podcast thing. Um, speaking of other places you can find the show, uh, retrogradeorbitradio.com. We are a production yeah. of Retrograde Orbit Radio, and that's where you can find us and all of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. The other thing I was going to say is that this episode, when it was Zeo, was the Golden Homecoming when Jason was revealed as the Gold Ranger. Mark, you can cut that out. I just remembered it and I wanted to say it. Nah, you should leave it in. All right. <laughs> Bye, All right, everybody. I gotta go. Bye.